for us. One is too many and a thousand is never enough. Once I start, I cannot stop. I cannot teach myself to eat sugar in moderation. I just can't do it. You know, I've never been successful at it. And um, I know many people that aren't successful at it either. And I think, you know, using the term sugar addiction is quite like a, a broad term. And I don't think everybody becomes addicted to sugar. But I think there are those individuals who really are at risk. This is episode number 71 with Karen Thompson. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Julie Fouché, family medicine resident and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring to you information and inspiration from experts and everyday individuals for how to use lifestyle to maximize health. Thank you so much for joining me. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Hey friends, welcome back to Pursuing Health. This episode is one that I had the opportunity to record at this past year's CrossFit Games in Madison, Wisconsin. And I had been introduced to the founder of the sugar-free revolution, Karen Thompson, previously, but it was at the Games that we finally had the chance to sit down and I heard her entire incredible story in detail. So a little bit of background about Karen. She grew up in South Africa and she battled addiction as well as an eating disorder from a young age. Several years into her road to recovery, she came to realize that she still had one lingering addiction, and that was sugar. So using the tools she had learned in her recovery process, Karen kicked her own sugar addiction and then used her knowledge and experience, as well as partnered with other professionals to develop a -a one-of-a-kind inpatient rehab program specifically geared towards sugar addiction. Karen went on to write a book called Sugar Free, Eight Weeks to Freedom from Sugar and Carb Addiction, and she also began sharing her message at conferences. So it was at one of these conferences that she met CrossFit founder Greg Glassman, and then eventually helped to create the very first CrossFit Health Conference just before the 2017 CrossFit Games. So in this episode, we talk about how she overcame her own battle with addiction and how she now uses that experience to help others in their recovery process. A few quick reminders before we get started with the episode. First, if you're enjoying the podcast, please head over to iTunes where you can subscribe and consider consider giving it a rating if you have not already. I'm also always looking for inspiring stories to share. I love, love, love reading your stories. And even though I can't feature all of them here on the podcast, I love when you guys send me what you're going through. So if you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send your story to me at info at and I'll select some to share here on future episodes. To check out my online training programs through Beyond the Whiteboard, you can visit trainwithjuliefouché.com. And finally, please remember that although I'm now officially a doctor, this podcast is meant to share the experiences of individuals and does not provide medical advice. So with that, here we go. Let's get started with episode number 71 of Pursuing Health featuring Karen Thompson. So excited to be here today. We're at the games. We are with Karen Thompson, which did I pronounce it? It's Karen. You are amazing. I tried no to do some research. Did you got it? <laughs> um, who is from originally from South Africa? Yes. Okay, um, but we're here. I know you have a huge passion for addiction and specifically sugar addiction, yes. and so I want to talk all about that. And now some of your involvement in CrossFit. Yes. But I know you come from a personal story of yeah. addiction. So yeah. let's start there. When did it all start for you? 
You know, I um I when I first went came into recovery from addiction, mm-hmm. I thought it started with, you know, alcohol and drugs. Mm-hmm. But then when I started unpacking exactly where I started, yeah. I realized it started when I was four years old and wow. it started with sugar. Right. So once I traced back those behaviors, I realized that the first external substance that I used to soothe myself, to Mm -hmm. nourish myself, to feed myself emotionally with was sugar. Mm -hmm. So even though later on it, it turned into other substances, my first love was sugar. So from there, I, um, I started using sugar at the age of four when I went through a really traumatic event in my childhood, Mm -hmm. a family member died and, you know, a whole lot of things happen, you know, as with when people die, people, like the, those closest to you just sh- shut down. And mm-hmm. my mom and my grand were my primary caregivers at that time. And they really just, it was almost like they vacated that space. And I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to comfort myself. And I turned to sugar. So my dad would come home at night with a chocolate and a Coca-Cola. Okay. And as soon as he arrived home, I'd feel safe. And right. I'd feel loved. And I'd feel protected. So from that moment on, those substances started representing those feelings to me. Mm-hmm. So even now when I'm feeling unsafe or unloved or I'm feeling scared, Mm -hmm. I still, like a default response to me is to go and get a Coca-Cola from the store. And I think so many people can relate to that. I know I can relate to that. So many people go to food for comfort and specifically sugar. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, it does have that neurochemical like response and everything. So it really is true. But then I started modeling at the age of 16. Okay. And there was a lot of pressure in that industry to be super, super skinny. Mm -hmm. It was in the age of like the Kate Moss era, like a hundred years ago, it feels like now. (laughs) (laughs) So healthy wasn't a normal. Right. Um, And so I would do whatever I could to take away my appetite, to Mm -hmm. not eat. So I turned to other substances that took away my appetite. Okay. So I would drink and I would feel out of control. And then I would take other illegal substances to, Mm -hmm. to feel in control. And it was a... It was a very devastating time in my life. I went from being quite a vibrant and outgoing person to becoming an absolute shell of a person. Not only, you know, um, physically where I was so thin that I stopped having my period Mm -hmm. and all those other things, but also emotionally and spiritually. And I remember waking up one morning and I was 24 years Mm -hmm. old and I just realized like, everything that I'd wanted to do, everything that I'd want to, wanted to achieve, mm-hmm. I hadn't. Mm-hmm. Like, I had dreams of becoming a doctor. Wow. You know, my grandfather did the first heart transplant ever in the world. That's incredible. So I had this amazing background that I came from and I had literally thrown everything away and I had no idea who I was. Wow. And that morning I woke up and I was like, you know what, I have two choices today. The one is to live and the other is to die. And yeah. I literally had to decide whether I was going, to being willing to take my own life that day wow. or whether I was going to ask for help. And like now I asked for help and I booked into rehab and um, my recovery journey started from there. And it's been a long and yeah. challenging process. But yeah, I'm here. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you're here and you're doing amazing things. And what a, I, I can't even imagine that feeling of having to make that decision. And do you, can you pinpoint it all like, what made you wake up that day and think about that or was there anything leading up to it or it was just I mean I think there was a no there was a huge downward spiral and Mm -hmm. it continued like really badly for about a year okay where I woke up and I realized I had no friends to call I had no one who wanted to be around me anymore Mm -hmm. my family had given up on me Mm -hmm. the only one who still believed in me was my mother pretty much at that stage Mm -hmm. Um, and I just realized I don't know what it was It, it was almost like 
this shock realization that I was completely and utterly alone. Wow. So I was faced with this immense void of like mm. nothingness. Um, so that was absolutely a huge rock bottom for me. Wow. Yeah. And what do you think it was that made you make that decision to go to rehab and get help? I think because I have a strong family foundation. Mm -hmm. I think because, you know, there I've always been taught that there's so much to life and that we can achieve anything that we believe in. Mm -hmm. And just because I like veered off the path didn't mean that there was no hope. Yes. So I think that's probably it. That's amazing. And it, it's so true. Just having that hope and where that comes from and having feeling like even if you felt like you could only rely on your mom at that point, still having that and having that foundation of family and support. Absolutely. It's amazing. Yeah. So what was the journey of working through? Because obviously at that point, then you're starting to have to work through all of this and unpack all of this and where this addiction came from and how do you start to get over it and fight it? It was um, I was in rehab for nine months. Wow. I mean, I remember going into rehab and looking in the mirror and, you know, when you look in the mirror and you look in your eyes and you're like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, like I recognize that person. I had no idea who that person was wow. and where she had been for the last like six years. Wow. Um, so I was absolutely shattered in every way. I had no self-esteem. I had no idea who I was. I mm -hmm. didn't even know what I liked to eat. Do you know what I mean? I had to start building myself from yeah. scratch, which was a beautiful experience, but it was also the toughest experience I've ever been through in my life. And I was super privileged to be able mm -hmm. to, that my parents could afford to put me through rehab mm -hmm. where I had counselors and we did group therapy and one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one sessions. And, um, you know, th and we found out there that the core of my addiction was a food addiction and wow. an eating disorder. And I had to start building this relationship with food as well, which was so frightening for me. Wow. Um, which was just crazy. And then I actually spent nine months in like a primary care rehab, but mm -hmm. in total, I was in rehab for about 12 months. Mm -hmm. I'm very much first focused on the surface addictions, mm -hmm. the, the secondary addictions until mm -hmm. I got to the primary one. And then about three or four years into my recovery, I realized the hold that sugar had on me mm -hmm. and how I was then actually binging on sugar. So every behavior, every compulsion that I had with other substances was mm -hmm. now onto the sugar spectrum and how I would desperately need to get it. And, you know, the, the way that doctors and dietitians are trained mm -hmm. traditionally um, is that everything in moderation is right. fine. It's all about calories and right. calories count. There's a place for everything. There's a place for everything. Right. Like have, <laughs> have Coca-Cola and flakes uh, right. and chocolates and whatever in moderation. I can't tell you the, the diabetes nutrition education. Some, some that I've sat in is just appalling to me to think about what what they're saying is okay as long as you just don't eat a lot of it but I don't know anyone who could just eat a small amount of sugar and just no. stop there right exactly yeah. and that's what they were trying to do to me so the dietitian in treatment would give me blocks almost like the um, the zone diet blocks mm -hmm. so I would just mark off like how many proteins how many fats how many carbs yeah and, you know they saw it as a great uh, achievement that I was having junk food they saw it as amazing that a former anorexic was willing to go out <laughs> there and and have like yeah. chocolate and knickknacks and oh, those are uh, um, crisps in South yeah. Africa like every single day so so the thing that was actually killing me even more mm -hmm. I was being rewarded for again hmm. until I started realizing for myself that those behaviors were actually harming me so much more than they were doing yeah. the right thing so I met 
Uh, Professor Tim Noakes. He's okay. a South African sports scientist mm-hmm. who actually spoke at the CrossFit Health yes. thing. Yeah. Um, and, and together we started the Sugar Addiction Program. Okay. Uh, and yeah, that's been incredible. That's amazing. And so was there anything that you that tipped you towards realizing that sugar was an addiction at that point or realize this is four to five years after you started your rehab process um yeah so he came out i think he became diabetic himself i remember and that yeah he, he read the new atkins for a new you mm-hmm. by i think dr eric westman mm-hmm. and stephanie and those guys and he was interviewed on a tv program okay and uh, he said on that TV program, he used the word sugar and addiction in the same sentence. And ah. it was like oh, an absolute hello, light bulb yeah. moment for me. It was amazing. Wow. And at that time, my husband owned one of the biggest rehab centers in South Africa. Okay. So, um, so we had this uh, beautiful space. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh my God, if sugar is addictive and I'm addicted to sugar and I can work a program of recovery which means complete abstinence from all sugar yeah. and refined carbs then you know there's something there yeah so I went to meet with him and we partnered and we developed a sugar addiction program that looked at the underlying issues related to sugar and carb addiction that's amazing the body image self-esteem psychological stuff um, and then using a great low-carb healthy fat nutritional approach that's amazing so this is actually an inpatient rehab yeah. where people can go to overcome a sugar addiction absolutely that's incredible is there yeah. is there anywhere else in the world that you can do that so no and I think you know more and more rehab centers are kind of cottoning onto the fact that sugar is addictive mm-hmm. but they're not trying to do the abstinence model they're still trying to do the harm reduction try and eat sugar in moderation yeah. try only have half a glass of uh, soda or whatever mm-hmm. you know they they're still trying to do that where mm-hmm. we say you know for us one is too many and a thousand is never enough. Yeah. Once I start, I cannot stop. I cannot teach myself to eat sugar in moderation. I just mm-hmm. can't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never been successful <laughs> at it. And um, I know many people that aren't successful at it either. And I think, right. you know, using the term sugar addiction is quite like a, a broad term. And I don't think everybody becomes addicted to sugar. Mm-hmm. But I think there are those individuals who really are at risk. Mm-hmm. And who can just have such a better quality of life if they completely cut ties with it and learn it. And, and I think it's, it's so interesting just now there's so many of these challenges or people will go 30 days and they'll feel great but then you're back in an environment where you say oh well I'll just have it in moderation now and then it's again the same sort of downward spiral and then you have to go back to the challenge and it's it's like well why can't we just live like this all the time and we don't really need to have sugar or refined carbs in our life or Ab- in our diet. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the marketing industry and the big food industry plays mm-hmm. such a big role in perpetuating the myth that we need sugar to survive mm-hmm. or we need refined carbs to survive. And um, I think everybody's super individual in what they do. But if we could just stick to like real food as close to its natural state as possible, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So you started this program and then... I know that you've organized several conferences and bringing together people to talk about sugar and eating, you know, cutting out sugar and refined carbs. Um, and now you've organized the CrossFit Health Conference, which was, I think, the first one. Maybe there was one a few months ago. In I think this was the first CrossFit Health Conference. Okay. I think the CrossFit Foundation does a- assist in organizing okay conferences related to nutrition and health and stuff okay and how did you get involved in CrossFit um so I had been doing CrossFit uh 
You know, I, I really, I know I don't look like a crossfitter and I often get this. Like, I, <laughs> what does a crossfitter there, right? have to look well, like anyway? Gorgeous, <laughs> I do, right? <laughs> I know, my muscle tone is, is lacking, but I'm coming from a, an anorexic background. I have to be so aware of not being too crazy with anything because I know right. how quickly I can switch and I have two kids and I, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's tough. But so how did I become involved in CrossFit? Last year, I spoke at an event in San Diego. Okay. Um, on sugar addiction I was telling my story and I didn't realize but Greg Glassman was in the audience okay and as soon as I was done with with my talk um, he actually stopped me and Mm -hmm. he said hey my name's Greg and I was this like (laughs) clueless person from South Africa (laughs) I was like oh hi how are you what's your name he was like I'm Greg I was like oh hi Greg it's so nice to meet you what do you do (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh like such an idiot and he was like oh do you know CrossFit I was like yes I actually do CrossFit oh that's perfect I CrossFit at my kids school and it's super cool and what I love most about it is the community and the support and the love and he was Mm. like well I started that (laughs) and I was literally like floored So, um, and then we just became friends and uh, he came to South Africa and we had a little conference there with him and Professor Noakes and then I moved to the United States about six months ago. Oh, wow. Exciting. Yeah, to open a sugar addiction clinic. Oh, amazing. So, we started chatting. And where is that? Where did you move to? So, we moved to Palm Springs area in California. Amazing. Um, And it's a work in progress. I do have some online things that I'm doing, but Mm -hmm. right now the actual physical inpatient program Mm -hmm. will be happening in the future. Okay. Very exciting. Yeah. So tell us about how, I, this has been a really big push. I know a really big passion of Greg's is the impact that CrossFit can have on chronic disease and the driving force. But what he's been talking about for years and years and years and how big of an impact this can have on the health of our country and on our world. So from your perspective, coming in and you know doing CrossFit and then meeting Greg, what, what sort of role does CrossFit have in preventing and treating chronic disease i think crossfit can change the world yeah i absolutely do there is no community quite like it anywhere else there is no exercise Mm -hmm. nutrition community that has all the different aspects in one um under one brand and the thing is it's so much more than a brand i mean you know so much better than me but the passion and the love and the drive that Mm -hmm. underpins CrossFit as a brand cannot be rivaled. It's not just a business. Mm -hmm. It's not just another, um, you know, fad that's going to go away. It creates healthy, incredible individuals like in body, mind and spirit. I completely agree. 100%. (laughs) And I think too, you nailed it on the head that it's the community and the support that when you're in trying to live in this world where there's bad habits and bad you know the, our world is set up for us to live in an unhealthy way and if you have that support of the community around you who can hold you accountable who you can turn to who you're sharing and doing these same behaviors with it that's what makes it sustainable i think you know you can only go based on willpower and sitting next to like sugar all day and sitting at a desk all day for so long but if you have people who are living that healthy lifestyle with you and it's part of your everyday life then it becomes possible. Absolutely. And I think, you know, there's so many people that don't have family support and they don't have friend support. And you come to CrossFit and immediately you are part Mm -hmm. of a bigger community, a community that really wants what's best for you. Mm -hmm. So, um, and all they want is to see you succeed. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. It doesn't matter what your times are. It doesn't matter what you look like. It's just 
we want you to be better. Absolutely. Yeah. And I actually took Professor Norwich to his very first CrossFit. Amazing. Um, yeah. I saw a picture of that. Yes. <laughs> what did he think? Oh, my God. <laughs> he was blown away. Yeah. He said to me, this community is something I have never seen in my entire life. Wow. Like, he could not believe how incredible it was. Um, and I think that's the power of CrossFit. It is. It's so true. You know, so and true. what does Greg say? That each box is a lifeboat in a tsunami of chronic disease? Yes. And I think that hits the nail on the head. It's so true. You just have to kind of hang on to it and then help to spread it and get more people on board, right? Exactly. <laughs> and it works. Yes. Yes. You can't deny that. Yeah. No one can argue with that. Yeah. So true. So what inspired your move to the U.S.? To start, was it to start the clinic? Or I'm just curious, too, in some of the differences between South Africa and the United States and just the state of health and our approach to chronic disease. So we moved to the States because I've got a three-year work visa um, to set up this sugar okay. addiction clinic and to start sugar-free program okay. and to really um, try and see what we could do here. It's really hard in South Africa to make a difference. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of poverty. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of inequality. There's a lot of political instability. Mm -hmm. So it's incredibly hard to make a difference. Um, the approach to health in South Africa is a lot more simple. We don't have these massive marketing giants yeah. and junk food and stuff available as much as there is in the United States. Like, mm -hmm. you don't go to a restaurant every day there. You don't go to a drive-thru. We don't even have Starbucks. We don't have any drive-thrus. Mm -hmm. So you don't just That's stay in your amazing. car and yeah. order food. Like, you have to think twice before you actually <laughs> go find a parking spot and get right. out of your car and walk <laughs> there and then spend money. Um, so that's very different. I think, you know, Professor Nox has gotten a lot of flack for promoting healthy living there and some other doctors have been targeted around the world. But uh, the United States is a place of opportunity and I think if anything changes, like this is one of the superpowers. Yeah, and that we need change, that's for sure. But it's happening. Yeah, it is, it is. Yeah. Because of people like you and the message that you have, you know, it's 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 just the more the more people have so much so many more people have access to to health and information and everything and I think that's incredible. It's so true. It's so true, especially with the internet now. It's that you can find information everywhere and you can seek out the truth um, and what works and you have access to all of that information. So it's just getting getting more people on board and then helping them build the confidence that they can do it, you know, and putting giving them the right environment to be able to do it. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. amazing. Um, so what what drives you? I know, obviously, you have this really amazing personal experience, but is what drives you to do this work? And you're obviously super passionate about it. I've heard you talk about it before and now, but what motivates you like day to day to do this work? It's the strangest thing. I mean, somebody was telling me like, why do you do what you do? And I do what I do because it brings me joy. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if I can help somebody from such a place of darkness into a place of light, mm -hmm. like that's all I want to do. If one person can change because, mm -hmm. you know, something that, not because of me, but because of a message or anything, like that is all I want to do. I want to like spread joy and mm -hmm. love and have fun while I'm doing it. And I think, you know, being able to partner with CrossFit in that event was, was just one of the greatest things. Like it embodies everything that I believe in mm -hmm. and that I want to support. It's amazing. So it's not about me. Like I don't, freaking care like I, I don't even you know what I mean it's it's just about people changing and starting to believe in themselves in a yes. way that they haven't been able to do before amazing and can you talk a little bit more about how the event came about like where where did the idea come from and then how did you 
organized the speakers and it seems like it was very well received and tons of people yeah. were there watching online and in person. It was amazing. I can take absolutely no credit. <laughs> it was all Greg. Like he is such a visionary and everything that happened and everything that happens is because of him. Mm-hmm. Like I can sit with him for hours <laughs> and listen to him talk about health and yeah. disease and how to f- solve it. Like he, he knows, has, he holds he the has key. That. Yes, it's Incredible. But in so many ways, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that man is just such a visionary. So he put it, he decided, he decided on the speakers, he decided where mm-hmm. he wanted it. I literally just had to put like those little pieces of the puzzle yeah. together. Um, and because I have a personal relationship with Professor Norks, he was able to come out. Yes, and that's but it, it really had very little to do with me. Like, <laughs> it was Greg. Like, that is all Greg's vision. Like, yeah. I just put it together. Well, it's amazing to see it happen. And I sure you're not giving yourself enough credit for everything you do but (laughs) no it was really special and you know we had um the venue only said 300 we had about 460 people come Uh, you know the event only started at two and people were sitting there from 12 o'clock wow lining up this community is passionate that's for sure they are and some of that stuff was hard to understand yeah and they sat there and i mean the energy was amazing and it was just very special that's so amazing yeah I also wanted to ask you, you mentioned a little bit earlier about you just being careful with CrossFit, with your past history of addiction. And I'm always so interested. I've talked to a lot of people who have overcome various addictions and found CrossFit to be very helpful because it's more of a healthy addiction. Do you, do you think there's such thing as a healthy addiction or that you can replace maybe like an, an addiction that has a ne- negative impact on your health with something that's more positive? Oh, I absolutely think so. I think if you want to rather be addicted to CrossFit, go for it. But, um, <laughs> you know, the, the definition of addiction is a compulsive pursuit of a substance or a behavior despite the negative consequences it has on your health. And mm-hmm. I think the big thing we have to focus there is on is other negative consequences yeah. like so how is it affecting your relationship with your family your loved ones yourself society at large like mm-hmm. what are you doing to mm-hmm. contribute and i think if you're getting involved in co- crossfit you are contributing to society in a positive way yeah. all around absolutely um so you know i think addiction gets thrown around a lot very loosely yeah uh but i do think being part of crossfit and allowing to feel your feelings because I've done workouts where I've been so upset about things that are happening in my world mm-hmm. and I just cry the whole way through the oh the I've been wall, there right <laughs> yes. exactly. well I mean you've been there at a completely different level <laughs> no but it's still the same you know it's all the same but you know what I mean yeah. you, get, you get to yeah. release those feelings Absolutely. so instead of like filling up with something else or pushing down those feelings with food like you get to let them out yes which is so important. It's so important. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. It's been amazing to hear your story. Where do you want to, what do you want to see happen in the world five years from now? Um, I mean, if everybody could join a CrossFit box, I think <laughs> that would be amazing. Let's, let's make that happen. <laughs> let's make that happen. I think let's just leave it at that. I think that all the answers they need are in those boxes. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. Um, I want to finished with actually why don't I would love to know what you like to eat what is your kind of day-to-day go-to's with no sugar in your life okay so I love bacon and sausage and I'm quite <laughs> a big fan of protein to be honest like yeah. I I think like protein solves quite a few problems in the world um, <laughs> so I generally would have like bacon and sausage and some blueberries and nuts for breakfast yeah. uh, I hate eggs 
I, I love eggs, but they do not agree well with my body. So I do don't? not eat them. It's very sad. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> so I, I don't love eggs. So I just leave them out. Um, I love avocado mm. and I love greens and I love salads. Mm -hmm. And I try not to be very difficult. I try to focus on good quality oils and fats. Yep. So I try to stay away from all the seed oils and vegetable oils mm. and have butter and lard and... I don't do fake, fake foods either. I don't do like the paleo desserts and the right. trying to make bread, like paleo fake bread and, and, and exactly. ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's super misleading. Um, and then I just try and get the family involved yes. and do as much of that as possible. It's hard when we're traveling all the time right. to stick to that, but there is always a better option. Mm -hmm. So um, I try not to be difficult. If we go out for hamburgers, I'll just have like a lettuce wrap burger mm -hmm. and sweet potato fries Yum. at a push, not always, yeah. uh, or with a side salad. But I, I try stay away from anything that reminds me of deprivation. Yes. You know, as uh, w when I start feeling deprived, mm -hmm. I stop feeling that I have a choice. And when I don't feel I have a choice, mm -hmm. I want to rebel. So that fuck it switch goes. Yeah. And I find myself wanting to binge or... Yeah turn to sugar or something to just numb that mm -hmm. um, did I answer your question yes <laughs> you did yeah that's amazing um, and and I love how you mentioned just helping get your kids involved and kind of teaching them so what what has that been like how old are your kids by the way? Um, they're eight and ten. Oh wow what has that been like bringing up your kids and trying to instill these values in them from a young age because what an amazing gift that you're giving them so early in their life Dude, they're incredible I think we we don't give kids enough credit. Mm -hmm. um, they have been amazing. They have been... I never really exposed them to too much sugar. I think the first time my oldest son had sugar when, was when he was two years okay. old and a family member stuck a chocolate in his mouth. <laughs> um, so they know what real food is. They understand what a carb is, what a protein is, what a fat is. Amazing. And not in a strange, like, obsessed way. It's yeah. just I'm educating them. Like, this is blue, this is green, this is black right. like this is a protein this is a fat this is a carb like factually yeah um they understand what happens in your body when you have a coca-cola they understand what that you feel horrible afterwards yeah. um they've seen it for themselves that's amazing i, I hope they're teaching all their friends about it too. <laughs> but I'm, I'm also not super strict though yeah so i have a sugar-free household mm -hmm. we don't have like refined sugar or carbs or junk mm -hmm. food at home but when we're out and they're with their friends or they're at a birthday party yeah. I'm not that mother who's like blocking them from going to the party right. table and the incredible thing is is that they just couldn't care less yeah they'd rather play they it, and yeah. climb a tree and yeah. do something fun than eat anyway that's amazing yeah that's so amazing I, that has such power too because imagine if you start having more kids who understand that and then they're going to have that positive impact on all their peers and then generation by generation, we're getting healthier. Exactly. That's, it, that's what's going to happen. And they're going to start CrossFit Kids soon. Yeah. So I think they're going to oh, love that as well. So yeah. awesome. <laughs> so awesome. Well, I want to finish with three questions I ask everyone on the show. So the first one is three things that you do on a regular basis that have the biggest positive impact on your health. Okay, number one is definitely meditation. Mm, I love that. What you know, type? Of, do you do a certain type of meditation, or it, it what does it look like? It depends on how busy my head is at yeah. the moment. Like if I'm super stressed and super busy, and I just feel like I need to go within, because even though I'm super outgoing, like I need to recharge myself. Yes. Um, I will do a guided meditation, mm -hmm. and it will be like a five, seven-minute guided meditation. Mm -hmm. 
I'll just Google on YouTube. Like, I'm not fussy. Yeah. Do you know Whatever what I mean? Whatever it is. Whatever yeah. comes up, it, it works and yeah. it helps and it, it, you know, it does a good job. So I do that. Um, I try exercise every single day. Mm-hmm. I just find that it just, I've got a busy head. Yes. As an addict, <laughs> I have a super busy head and I find it helps so much with that. So meditation, mm-hmm. exercise, um, and then just staying away from sugar. Like, just mm-hmm. keeping it real in every real way. Food, and yeah. I think... Being authentic. Yes. So being authentic in the way that I eat, the way that I think, the way that I feel, the way that I treat others, and mm-hmm. most importantly, the way that I treat myself. That's amazing. Yeah. I love it. <sighs> Is there one thing that you think would have a big impact on your health, but you struggle with, or that you just haven't found a way to fit it into your life? Yeah, I probably think I could lift heavier. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> we could all lift heavier. You know. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> no, do you have a favorite like, exercise or movement that you like to do in CrossFit? I mean, I'm going to say that what makes me feel amazing is doing really high intensity interval stuff with cardio in it. So running Mm -hmm. really does give me that dopamine response that I'm desperate for, that I look for in in sugar. But I don't mean running far or running, you know, big distances, but yeah. Some sprinting. Yeah. Yeah. Some sprinting. Yeah. That's great. Uh, and then I really should be lifting heavier, as I said. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> <laughs> we could all be lifting heavier. Um, my last question is, what does a healthy life look like to you? Oh, it is one, that exactly what I said earlier, that authenticity. Like, literally, you know, I see so many people who are so driven by the car that they drive, the house that they live in, the... Um, you know, the status. And I think mm-hmm. we've moved away from our own humanness, from really experiencing life, not in the things that we have, mm-hmm. but in the experiences that we have um, with ourselves and others. So mm-hmm. really creating moments of magic. That's what I my mom that. calls it. Moments yeah. of magic where we acknowledge and appreciate how blessed we are and we focus on that mm-hmm. more than anything else. That's amazing. Do you, and is that something that you do like with your kids? You talk about moments of magic or how yes. do you, how do you implement that daily? Um, so every morning when I take them to school, we'll mm-hmm. say a prayer on the way together mm-hmm. and then we'll all say 10 things that we're grateful for. That's amazing. Um, so we start our day like that every single morning. I try to get them to do meditation um, at night. I'll put on a guided meditation mm-hmm. for them as well. Um, it sounds pretty chival, but it doesn't have to be. Like yeah. It's just about teaching them to find a quiet space. Mm-hmm. And that gratitude practice is so... T- I notice that too. It's Once you start kind of focusing on the negative things, it's so easy to go down in that spiral. But if you're just constantly having a practice where you're thinking about things that are you're grateful for and that are positive, it's amazing how that can change your outlook. Oh, it's beautiful. And, and um, resentment and anger and all of those other mm-hmm. feelings can't exist in the same space as gratitude Mm -hmm. so the more you focus on being gratitude like if i'm feeling shit Mm -hmm. like i go and i said i have a little notebook and i write like 20 things that i'm grateful for yeah and it does change the way i feel immediately yeah absolutely i love it (laughs) awesome well thank you so much for sitting down with me it's been so great to get to know you and thank you for all the amazing work that you're doing i'm really excited i hope that someday there are tons of places that people can go to get the support that they need and you know, work on their sugar addiction or any other addictions and 
I'm so excited that you're here in the U.S. doing it now. Oh, Julie, thank you. It's such a privilege. Uh, I love your show. Oh, I'm not going to get all like <laughs> fan moment on you, but it, it has been an absolute privilege. So I really oh. appreciate it. Thank you so much. And where can people find you? Um, so I have a website called thesugarfreerevolution.com. Okay. And the reason we have the in front of it is because the other domain wasn't available. Uh, not the so worst. So thesugarfreerevolution.com. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll look out for you there. Thank you again. And we're going to enjoy the rest of the weekend here at the game. I'm excited. Thanks. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning into this episode. Karen has such an incredible story of overcoming addiction and I love how she's using her own experience now to help others. So what do you think about sugar addiction? Have you ever experienced this to any degree, large or small? If so, I want to hear about it. Join the conversation on social media using hashtag pursuing health. To make sure you never miss an episode and to receive exclusive content from me, head to my website, juliefouché.com and subscribe to my email list. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe and consider giving the podcast a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, don't forget to share your stories. If you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send me an email at info at I'll choose some of these inspiring stories to share here on future episodes. Don't forget you can train with me through Beyond the Whiteboard by visiting trainwithjuliefouché.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time on Pursuing Health. This episode is brought to you by Thrive Market. If you haven't heard of Thrive Market yet, they sell top organic and healthy products online at 25 to 50% off, shipped straight to your doorstep. So as a sponsor of this episode of the podcast, they're providing an amazing offer to all Pursuing Health listeners. You can head to www.thrivemarket.com forward slash PH and there you'll receive an additional 25% off your first purchase as well as free shipping and a free 30 day trial. So why do I love Thrive Market so much? You probably know my husband Danny and I have been living a very chaotic lifestyle for the past several years from medical school to now residency training and training for the CrossFit games in there as well. We didn't have a lot of time for grocery shopping every week or meal prep. And so using Thrive Market, we can shop for all of our staple grocery items, things like nut butters, cooking oils, snack bars, dressings, even coffee and tea. And we know that when we're ordering through Thrive Market, they're coming. these products are coming from a curated list that we know we can trust. So whether you're looking for paleo, vegan, gluten-free, non-GMO, or organic products, you can find them on the Thrive Market platform at prices that are 25 to 50% below what you would find in the grocery store. And even better, these items are shipped straight to your doorstep, so you don't have to worry about the time or the hassle of grocery shopping. I also love that Thrive Market demonstrates a big commitment to giving back. So for everyone who signs up for a Thrive Market membership, another membership is donated to a low-income family, veteran, or teacher. Thrive Market's mission is to make healthy living easy and approachable to everyone, and this aligns perfectly with my own personal mission and that of pursuing health. Because Thrive Market has been such a huge lifesaver in my own life, I wanted to share the benefits with all of you, and they've responded with an amazing offer. So as I mentioned before, you can head to www.thrivemarket.com forward slash PH to receive 25% off your first purchase and free shipping and a free 30-day trial. Again, this is on top of their already 25 to 50% below retail prices. 
So I hope you take advantage of this amazing offer and enjoy their service as much as I have. Once again, that website is thrivemarket.com forward slash PH. You can head there to save on some of your favorite items for healthy living and also help make a healthy lifestyle easy, affordable, and accessible for all. This episode is brought to you by Mobility Wad. Do you struggle to get into good positions in your training and workouts? Are your movement compensations causing you undue pain and grief? MWAD's belief is that every human being should be able to perform basic maintenance on themselves. For nearly 10 years, Mobility Wad has been the go-to for the world's best athletes and teams. Do you know what hundreds of Olympic and world-class athletes, professional teams in the NFL, MLB, basketball, hockey, rugby, and soccer, and dozens of universities all have in common? They use Mobility Wad to train and compete at their best. I first took Dr. Kelly Surratt's Movement and Mobility course in 2013, and since then have read his books and followed his videos for ideas on how to address my own movement restrictions. But sometimes having all this information can become overwhelming, which is why I think the real genius is in the MWOD subscription. As part of this subscription, you have access to not only hundreds of hours of video content that can be filtered based on your specific questions, but also a daily 10-minute Mobility WOD video. You just log in and follow Kelly's instructions as if he is there coaching you in person for 10 minutes per day. You may pick up certain exercises that you wish to incorporate on a regular basis before or after your workouts. But at the very least, by following this daily program, you know you are addressing a wide range of movement patterns and body parts on a regular basis without having to think about it. I often do these sessions first thing in the morning or before bed as a way to wind down from the day. In addition, you have access to an on-ramp sequence and a 14-day mobility challenge that helps you understand the basics and identify the areas you personally need to focus on. You can lean on the MWOD community and discussion boards to learn from others who have been through similar situations or injuries. And if you need more personalized help, you can use the MWOD list to find a like-minded practitioner in your area. It's easy to become part of the Mobility WOD community, but for being a Pursuing Health listener, you can receive 20% off an annual membership with code Julie Fouché. That's J-U-L-I-E-F-O-U-C-H-E-R. Just visit www.mobilitywad.com. Full potential, full power. Full power.